I can't put the humans back in their own bodies, so I've done the next best, but still not that great, thing. A high neck sleeveless? I suppose this outfit will do. Are you sure? I mean, wearing a floral print to an infinite void at this time of the nothing? So where are we exactly? We're not on Earth, right? That's correct, Cheaty Janet. You're not. Your real bodies dematerialized when you entered my void, and your essences reconstituted themselves in this form. Cool. Cool. And when you say void... Oh, I mean a sub-dimension outside of space and time, at the nexus of consciousness and matter tethered to my essence. Does that help? It does not help. Makes it way worse. I just want to lie down. Where is down? I found it. It's up here. It's dope. Audience, us here at Into the Time Knife and Can Disappoint Podcast, it is so important to us that you are satisfied in what we're doing here. We'd like to invite you to drop a little card into our complaints box this week. Send us in, write us in anything you think that we're doing wrong here, anything you think we could improve. Maybe you want to hear less like 9-11 jokes, less like Zach and Steven sucking fucking type jokes. That stuff (laughs) probably won't change. But we're here at a point in the podcast where it's almost the beginning of a new year year we're starting to think about what our podcasting venture past into the time knife will be just a little bit we're still very deep into the time knife and we just want you guys to be involved well what do you think maybe the people would suggest if you were the people what would you suggest the changes about our show steven you know if i were not me and i were just a listener just a a mere ear pressed to the ground one of the fucking losers who doesn't make content but listens to content exactly idiots what would you do if you were one of them one of those peons i think maybe they would want a more uh masculine voice in the room for Uh, who (laughs) (laughs) they really want a guy's perspective on some of this stuff that's what people are saying down at the uh, CrossFit gym. I really think said, that's oh. the exact opposite. Because I feel like yeah. if there's anything this podcast has ever needed, it's a mm. female voice. And if we, yeah. like, knew any females, and really, truly, to get to the heart of it, if we, like, respected females enough to want to hear their opinion on things, uh, it would be really great to include a female voice in the show. So please, email us. I don't like the email word us. female anymore. No, I don't either. That's a total option. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Like Welcome to Into the Time Night, the Good I Place podcast. That's a thing on Big Brother when people talk about females that is just totally ugh. derogatory. So yeah. please email us in. I'm a. <laughs> I'm a busty female with thoughts. Please send that in to timeknifepod mm-hmm. at gmail.com. Let us know everything in this can't disappoint census that you'd like to see change as we move forward in the show. Do you want maybe less Steven? We've yeah. already got the Steven dial down pretty low. We can Do you turn think we it need down lower. Significantly less or maybe completely less Steven to mm-hmm. the show. I think we get rid of all the diversity, honestly. I can't imagine anybody would say anything like less Zach. No. I am the guy. I'm the if lifeblood. Are saying, you know, I wish I'm the Zach favorite character would just really of the show. speak up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear Zach's opinions and thoughts. That's what that's what the people are craving. Finally, you hear what, hear you what I've been saying the last three years. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Zach, and I am Arizona shrimp horny as a motherfucker right now. Been there, and I'm Stephen. And if I had a heart, it would be pounding. Welcome to the podcast. We're here to talk about an incredibly classic episode 
of The Good Place. We're not going to miss a second of it. We're going to talk about every line, every beat, every nook and cranny of this classic episode of the show today. Every vest button, top to bottom. But you know, before we get too far into it, we're going to riff. We're going to bit, right? Yeah, before that, you have to thank the patrons. And before we do that, before we could even think (laughs) about doing that, now I'm just thinking about how much I love the sound of my own voice. We've got to shout out our $10 (laughs) and up patrons over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast the people keeping on the lights around here those are of course mary baker budisa danny m lugo justin fortier lil s haker and sarah m do we get any correspondence in the last no. hour we recorded that two m. days ago mm-hmm. <laughs> sarah m hasn't said anything do you know the band bony m yeah do you think there's a relation there i don't know i'm kind of a reach i'm really the m maybe it's like sarah m the street's been real quiet sarah m since we last talked where you at the porn bots on my twitter though have been rampant rampant yeah just going up and up and up yeah maybe i should stop liking retweeting and printing off and taping to my wall everything that they say to me that might have part of it i think the dms saying please send more yeah. send more post more <laughs> post more need did you get more, that twenty dollars feet 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 did you get feet, it this feet. time i've sent you the twenty dollars six times did you get feet, it any of the times you still haven't gotten the twenty dollars here's twenty more what forty dollars yeah it's it's the whole thing sarah m so thanks yeah. for the support the banks everyone. are calling they got patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast this podcast the day it's recorded every week. You can also get our Patreon exclusive That 70s Show Rewatch Podcast, The Basement. You can get our live pre-show talk radio type half hour. You can't diss a pre-show that we do live Zach, for a half hour Zach, who doesn't know anything about FM radio. Talk about the podcast. Right. I'm a kid of the 2010s and 20Os. I don't know You were not a kid. You listened to podcasts. You were a kid in the 2010s. Yeah. Come on. Nothing is made I was like, you were a grown-ass man in 2010. We were like... Older than hanging 14. out with my 21-year-old cousin recently. Mm-hmm. How was that? It was really fun. But I said I was 27, and she was like, okay, Grandpa, let's take you back to the, <laughs> to the home. I felt very, very old. Uh, the, the kids, they're saying slay a lot. Yeah. Like, something happens, and that's a slay. Or mm-hmm. slay, when, or you're slaying. Should we start saying that more? I feel like maybe what we need to do to help drive this podcast about a show that ended four years ago Mm -hmm. further is to really appeal to the kids, the TikTok crowd, maybe add in like some really TikTok bit moments. We should add the TikTok embodied voice. Renegade, what's You know what I'm talking about? The female robot voice that always narrates TikToks? Hi, Zach and Steven here to tell you about the good place. Oh, you're not young enough to know the actual voiceover thing. That's okay. You're talking about the Martin Scorsese one. No. You don't know about this. I know about this. Zach and I are in very different parts of TikTok. Zach's on Martin Scorsese talk. (laughs) It's kind of charming, actually. Martin Scorsese's daughter, who's like our age or a little younger, Mm -hmm. actually, made this thing where she was asking him all the different young people terms to see what his guess on what they meant were. Mm -hmm. Like the most memorable one was he, she says, slept on. What does slept on mean? For And she says, for example, the king of comedy was slept on. And mm-hmm. so for all of those, he would give his, like, answer. And they use this super annoying, like, it makes them sound like South Park characters. And these weird off-putting voices on both of them. And it's like, I just want to hear him talk. Is like that what you're the, talking about? I yeah. this morning and, oh, yeah, that is that that filter. It's very it's a popular voice filter, on The TikTok. Martin Scorsese yeah. one. 
So yeah, patreon.com. Not seen that video. Can't disappoint. Podcast. Scorsese talk. How have your couple of days been? I know you saw a movie and you were really excited about it and really loved it. And you showed me a little clip of it. And I'm sure the movie's great, but I kind mm-hmm. of had like some takes on just you the did. trailer and just the Immediately, clip that like, I Unwatchable. Bad, 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 bad. So do you want to bring that up or do you want to keep things like docile between us? Is it is it too touchy of a subject or do you want to talk about it? If you are, are somebody who for a can minute? handle change in your life... Uh, just kidding. I went and saw I'm Blue not. Giant, which very limited release in the U.S., so you probably won't be able to see it in theaters by the time you're hearing this. But really, really good jazz movie. Really cool things with different animation styles during the solos of like going from like hand drawn to paint to super CGI, all sorts of different things to convey different emotions in the musicians. That was really cool as well as timing up different like physical actions with musical beats is really fun. And the story is really good. If you've ever bebop adjacent super duper. Yeah. Really cool jazz compositions, really good team behind the movie too. the director directed a lot of mob psycho 100, which is a very special show to me. So overall I had a wonderful time. I was left speechless at the end. Wow. Huge fan of the movie. One of the, you said 10 out of 10. Yeah. Easily for me. Probably my new favorite anime movie, which has been Princess Mononoke for like 20 years. So, And literally all it takes, 10 out of 10, 5 out of 5, it's really rare mm. for me, for Steven, it's yeah. really rare. But all it takes is a feeling. Mm-hmm. Like a movie gives you the feeling and you're like, this is one of those movies. And then it continues to give you that feeling and then the ending satisfies you and you're left with this, oh my God, this movie I just watched gave me everything and more I could have possibly ever wanted from a movie and I'm a picky ass bitch. Instant five, even if there is like, well, you know, maybe I would have done this part of the story a little bit mm-hmm. differently, but just know this movie made me feel alive. Like yeah, everything, I, everywhere, all at once. Even or like down Spider-Verse, to, as we've talked to about. obscure jazz artist references that the even the average jazz fan wouldn't get but somebody who like studied jazz in college is like i get that like i get why that's such a funny thing to say like it's it's just a really smart movie and it really knew its audience well it's a big big fan check it out if you get a chance well we talked about this with community a lot when i would really go crazy about episodes there i'd be like i'm watching the show Mm -hmm. and it's feel like it's made for me yeah they're making references that are just for me so when you watch something like that that's a film that's supposed to be broad appealing and it feels so tailor-made to something that you that's another reason why i can't hate on the concept of this movie too much because it's just like stephen baker the movie it's Mm -hmm. jazz it's anime are there any attractive anime girls in the film not really I know, not even a, not even a waifu. Really Although the members of the band are all best girl, so okay. I didn't mention it on the podcast. I mentioned it on the pre-show a few weeks ago. It was mm-hmm. the week that we didn't record. Because last podcast, I was trying to think of the good movies I had watched, and I'd really just yeah. seen a bunch of mid-movies. What I haven't mentioned on the podcast is that I saw the movie Bottoms, and that I mm-hmm. adored it. Well, I didn't give it five stars or a 10 out of 10, yeah. but I did give it a very strong four out of five. It's the funniest movie I've seen in years. Wow. Like, going to see a movie or watching a movie at home, a new movie... I, I don't know. Everything Everywhere All at Once made me actually laugh a lot. But mm-hmm. a lot of times movies that are setting out to be comedies, 
there's five or six really great jokes and like 30 that fall flat. But this movie had me consistently laughing. It's very hip. Talk about slay and being a little. Yeah. Do they slay? Is this movie on? It was a real slay movie. It's a real film for the youths. It's the new super bad, except it's about like hip queer lesbian girls. And it's got Rachel Sennett in it. And Rachel Sennett is a slay. I'm a big Rachel Sennett fan around these parts. I follow her on Instagram and I like her. She was a positive standout from the one episode of The Idol the I Idol. watched. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, at least now she gets to hang out with Troy Sivan and The Weeknd and those cloudy people. In yeah, she's life. like pretty famous now, at least in terms of the circles she runs in. I think you would really like Bottoms just because it's so I funny. Think so I know you would laugh at the jokes. Marshawn Lynch is a comedic revelation in the film, truly. He is so... I'm glad he's being introduced to a wider audience than those who already knew how funny Sorry, was he that was the, from was just that his, his wider news interviews. Wider or whiter? Both. <laughs> uh, white people watch the league. Yeah, I'm white just... People well, sure white people watch sports. I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll step away from this in a moment, but that just made me think. I was shopping in Meyer the other day, and I had my earbuds in, and mm-hmm. the guy who greets people as you walk out was like, oh, are you watching the game too? I never <laughs> knew less what to say. No? No. You said, I don't even, I didn't even know there was the a game. game. The game of Jeopardy? That's not until 7.30. 7 Eastern. <laughs> Zach, when's the last time that you... And maybe the answer is never. Have you ever on purpose watched a sports game, gone to like a Super Bowl party or like a make fun of the Super Bowl? Have you, have you done that? Is that a thing? It would have been February 2018. Nice. Just after Lil and I started dating, we went to my sister's for the Super Bowl specifically because mm-hmm. I knew after the Super Bowl we were seeing the episode of This Is Us where yeah. we learn how Milo Ventimiglia passed away. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't miss that. I was talking that. about This Is Us and that actress specifically. Trivia, actor, trivia actor. time for Zach. Milo Ventimiglia, you said actress. His long flowing hair and body covered in tattoos is very alluring to me in a is feminine way. Is his body way. covered in tattoos? Yeah, he's a shit ton. Clearly, you've never seen the music video for X. What early what? 2000s era solo act who was usually in a group music video was he in this is during the heroes era who is adam levine Ooh, we were looking for big girls don't cry by fergie sure that's fergie i didn't even know that song was fergie big girls i know the song i've seen glee like a little schoolmate in a schoolyard i wanted to mention because i'm very proud of myself i've been getting all into the fall stuff i talked about the pumpkins Mm -hmm. last week i made a uh to my knowledge to my experience a fancy hot apple cider Ooh. do you like hot apple cider are you a hot apple cider guy i'm fine with apple cider like if i'm at a trunk or treat and they have hot apple cider instead of hot chocolate you know i don't think at any trunk or treats where there are people handing out cups of hot apple cider to the kids what trunk not or the treats ones are you, you went going to? to yeah you didn't go to the fancy the mega church trunk or treat <laughs> <laughs> but what they were handing out the boys and girls club was certainly not hot cider so what i did i went to the store i got a gallon of the most expensive fall time apple cider i could find and wow. i put it in a stove uh, i put i poured it all over the stove <laughs> i put it in a pot <laughs> along with 
three apples that were cubed and mm-hmm. two oranges that were pulled apart and nice. cinnamon sticks and allspice and nutmeg and a couple other things. The thing I didn't get was cloves just because mm. they were expensive. But yeah. that would be next time I would probably add cloves. But it Have still gave me the wassail? taste that I wanted. Yeah, I'm not as into wassail. Mm-hmm. It's like cranberry and spicy kind of. I don't know. You don't know what it is, do you? I've had wassail. My mom made a wassail once when we lived in France, but I feel like it was more apple-based than cranberry. All I know, as far as wassail is concerned, mm-hmm. you know, isn't that here we come a wassailing? Isn't that oh, a sure. Christmas that carol? Sure, that sounds like something mm-hmm. white people would say on their way to burn down a black church. Is that what wassailing is? <laughs> when I was young, my best friend's parents hosted a weekly like at-home Bible study on Wednesday nights, which was nice. basically uh, an excuse for them to get together and drink wine and food yeah. and shit-talk each other while me and the son did weird stuff downstairs. And nice. one year, it was Christmas time, and there was a pot of a hot beverage, and I was so excited, <gasps> and I thought it was going to be hot apple cider, and I took a big old gulp, and it was disgusting wassail. Was there alcohol in it? Sometimes there's an alcoholic wassail. I don't think so because I think it was usually pretty clear what we were and were not allowed to take from. Mm. Anyway, I made the apple cider and I was proud of it. I thought it turned out really good. Don't you want to tell me that you're proud of me for it? I'd be more proud if you didn't use store-bought apple cider to make your apple cider. I understand you enhanced it with apple and orange and And that's what I was going to say to my experience, what I knew Mm -hmm. to be – well. How because what you told me on be, Saturday is I, I made, made apple, cider. apple cider from scratch. and I was like, I did not what? say from scratch. Maybe I added the from scratch in my head. But I certainly said I made apple cider. But mm-hmm. do you realize how tough and difficult and how long it would take to make apple cider? I, so I was impressed. I was like, wow, look at Zach. No. No, I wanted it to be good. <laughs> I don't think it's probably that hard to make apple cider. I think it's, it's probably time-consuming. I think you have to let it steep for a really, really long time. Mm, like, It's not just apple juice. Then it would be apple juice. No, 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 no. <laughs> if somebody asked me what the difference between apple juice and apple cider was, yeah. couldn't tell you. I mean, maybe there's seasoning in apple cider. Seasoning. I think mm-hmm. apple cider is... I don't know, buddy. I think apple cider is more likely to have like apple pulp in it. I think it has a different taste. It definitely has a you different taste. You drink thick apple cider? I think it is thicker than apple juice. It's not thick, mm. but I think it is thicker. Let's talk about the good place. <laughs> Just as Happy blood is thicker than water, the apple cider running through Zach's veins is much thicker than the apple juice running down my leg. I'm excited for Halloween time. I am going to that Rocky Horror showing that Barry Bostwick nice. is going to be about, and I paid the extra 10 bucks to get a to better seat in the venue. No, oh. I could have paid more to do the meet and greet because I'll be honest, the tickets are flying off the shelves for this thing. Mm-hmm. But I didn't – it'd be kind of cool to be dressed up like a Rocky Horror character and have a picture with Barry Bostwick. But I did the re- – like I'm the type of person that sees that and I'm like, yes – put me down to pay off over six months with 29% APR yeah. to meet Barry Bostwick. I think I did well by just going for the $35 tickets that are in like the 14th row. I think that was the right thing to do, You'll right? be close enough to Bostick. You can touch yeah. him on the way through. I feel like the second the weirdos start doing stuff, because when I went to see Greg Sestero talk about the room, the second it was time for the movie, he's out of there. But yeah. I think it's going to be the same with Barry Bostwick. He's going to come out and say like six words, and then all of the weirdos are going to be up and he's about. He's going to walk out and be like, be out of there. 
Let's do the time warp. Ha <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Enjoy the show and then leave. I got cash. He's going to jump Venmo. to the left. And, then and if you want to leave me a tip, you want to give it a hit, that's going to be Barry Bostwick on stage. Freestyle rapping. Yeah. Let's talk about The Good Place. We're here to talk about a classic episode, one that we've been waiting to get to the entire podcast been leading yeah. up to this episode in a lot of ways. It's season three, episode 10. I have an argument for your episode thing because mm-hmm. this is the 10th episode of our season three. I'll, I'll buy that. I don't, I don't disagree with that. Season it's three, just episode not the 10th 10. episode of this season. Chapter 36, Janet's. 10th chapter of this season. This episode was directed by Morgan Sackett, who previously ah, directed Category 55, Emergency, Doomsday Crisis, and Team Cockroach. And the next season directs two more episodes, Tinker Tailor, Demon Spy, and Patty, which is like the episode before last, I think. Yeah. This episode was co-written by Josh Siegel and Dylan Morgan, a writing team that previously did What We Owe to Each Other and The Trolley Problem, a really good episode. So having this one and The Trolley Problem to these two guys, they must be really talented. And Mm. then next season, they do an episode, also one of the last ones called The Funeral to End All Funerals. Very fault in our stars. You think so? Uh, kind of. This episode originally aired like a month after the previous one or so on December 6th. 2018 last time we talked about the grunch was -hmm. the number one movie in november like mid late november this is december 6th it is a different movie the number one movie is not a holiday themed film (sighs) it is an animated sequel that would maybe be misattributed to pixar even though it's just disney this movie also because of what it's about was Uh instantly out of date and out of touch when it came out sequel animated technology based maybe pixar technology based you're on it sequel sequel come on come on you've seen this movie i think i'm sure uh sequel you're gonna hear what it is and be mad at yourself i think it's i'm sure Ralph breaks the internet oh i have only seen this movie once and it was yes. in theaters i don't like this one that much didn't like it as much i thought I that gal Gadot's pants were cool <laughs> in the movie the first wreck it ralph is really really good uh-huh ralph breaks the internet because it's a bunch of internet jokes they were out of date and out of touch the second the movie came mm-hmm. out and then it does a really weird thing in the third act with ralph being like a giant monster thing i didn't like the second one that much it should have yeah, been about I, video I games i think there again. are funny parts of yeah. it but it, it was too much like hey you've used google before this is yeah. what google would be like if google, if google were a was a thing. person yeah and everything in the internet is here except only all the Disney characters. Yeah, I agree. The first one being about video games was really fun and like opened a level of nostalgia within you. And this one felt like it was trying to be like too current, which I don't nobody likes right now. So why would we want to see five minutes ago? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I want to see the extended version of the movie where Fix It Felix gets really into 4chan. Yeah, that's what I... But what do you think people thought of this movie? The first one's kind of a late-era Disney classic compared to the other stuff they put out. Like an original idea that's not just like a princess movie or something. It's pretty good. The second one, Ralph Breaks the Internet. Let's start with Rotten Tomatoes. What do you think the critics gave Ralph Breaks the Internet out of 100? 42. It is over double that. What? Yeah. One more guess. Are they sitting like an 89? 
It is an 88% from the critics on Ralph Breaks the Internet. And I've mentioned this before. It's What just... this probably means is that all of these critics gave it like a 5 out of 10 and like edged positive. So it mm-hmm. says 88% of crit- – that doesn't mean it's 88% good. Yeah. That means 88% of critics didn't say, I do not like this. And I'll buy it. It was fine. Yes. I remember walking out of it and being like, I don't think I liked this at all, but I'm a picky bitch. I could see most people being like, that was a fine kids movie. See, I remember walking out and being like, Gal Gadot, Wreck-It Ralph 2, Rule 34, (laughs) private browser, please. What do you think the audience on Rotten Tomatoes, the plebs Wreck-It Ralph shirtless, gave Wreck-It Ralph shirtless to out of 100%? The audience of Rotten Tomatoes. Lower. Than eighty-eight. There, where the fuck was the was was Vanellope racing? Disney Uh, is woke for some reason. Yeah, they had a same-sex couple in a corner of the internet. Not in my movie. Safe search on. (laughs) Uh, sixty-five. You're really, really close. You're just one off. Sixty-six. Sixty-four. You always go the wrong direction on these. So 88 critics, 64 audience, I've translated, don't get confused, the letterboxed into 100%. What do you think those users think of the movie? You've got 88 so critics, out 64 audience. And you multiply <laughs> what do you that think by Letterboxd 20? thinks compared to 64 of the Rotten Tomatoes and audience? Then you move the decimal point. Uh... Oh, boy. You got a yawn. It's a, a yawn. That was scary, Zach. I lost I know all... it's not your favorite segment of the show, but Jesus Christ. I lost all body control there. I went into a panic number uh-huh. math state, and my body just started to shut down. I think my kidneys yes. failed. Both of oh, them. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm short on time, Zach. I better answer. Uh, I think it's going to be closer to the uh, to the audience score in Rotten Tomatoes. 64. I'm going to go 71. Uh, you went too high. It's not higher than the Rotten Tomatoes audience. It is lower than the Rotten Tomatoes audience. 59. You're again one <sighs> off. What's it going to be this time? 58. That's it. You got Hey-o. it right. 58% on letter. I mean, I guess you got it right. And I guess we've learned something. What about Ralph Breaks the Internet? The number one album this week is a band that was really hot for a second. You're going to hear all kinds of banjos in this music. And this album is named after an, an airline, like a air. What do you call it? Like a airline? Yeah. Like one of the company. Yeah. Named after one of the airlines. Mm-hmm. So what band? What's the album called? Banjos. Famously never seen a plane. Banjos. In any media. Never seen a plane. Banjos. See, you said this band was hot for a minute, and then you said banjos. Really hot for a minute. Wow. Um, Mumford and Sons? Do they use a banjo? Yes, of course it's Mumford and Sons, yes. And the album is called Delta? Yes, Delta by Mumford and Sons. Famed Mumford and Sons fan Stephen Baker strikes again. I was hoping you'd go with Transcontinental? Yes, Alaskan Airlines, the album. This album spawned three singles. This is 2018. This is the last time Mumford & Sons have put out an album. Oh! I think they're still together, but they haven't. That's the Lumineers. No. This one didn't have any songs I remembered. brother. (laughs) They had, um... Then I was going to start singing the Philip Phillips song. Gonna make this place your home. What's the big... Shut up for a second. What's the big Mumford & Sons song? Hey, Siri... What's the big Mumford and Sons song? <laughs> you are the first person to ever ask this to Siri. I can't hear her at all. 
She didn't say anything. She just pulled up a news article. Why don't I try my phone? The top ten Mumford and Sons songs, at least What's five of the them. What's the biggest I've never heard Mumford and Sons song? I'm gonna get to it first. I'm gonna get to it first. I will wait. I will wait for you. What the fuck is the cave? Oh, I remember Little Lion Man being up the charts. We're looking at the same article. Believe guiding. I don't know any of these songs See, except for that one for song. You don't know Dust Bowl Dance? Well, who who's never been to the Dust Bowl Dance? <laughs> we don't need to get too down on Mumford and Sons wormhole. Delta by Mumford and Sons with its lead singles, Guiding Light beloved and woman this album wow. we're going to talk about the pitchfork score uh-huh. it's out of 10 to the 10th 8.1 much lower you've got to well, let's paint a picture mumford and sons haven't made an album since this and this one did not spawn any of their biggest singles that's fair 5.4 a little bit higher at a 5.8 Mmm, see, I was going to go 5.3, so so I wouldn't have gotten it. Wouldn't have gotten so, that one right. We've also got Rate Your Music. This is the mm-hmm. users of Rate Your Music. They usually go out of 5, but I've translated it to 10 to go along so with Pitchfork. It. So it's to the 100th. With decimal. Yeah. Get your protractor out. 4.32. Again, it's a little bit higher at a 4.76. Hey. Good for Mumford and Sons. So we've got our context. Delta by Mumford and Sons was blasting nobody's airwaves, and yeah. Ralph Breaks the Internet was charging for its second week at number one at the box office. Mm-hmm. And The Good Place was airing one of its greatest episodes of the entire series, or at least one of its most creative and daring episodes of the entire yeah. series, Janet's. And let's move into our discussion of it with one of my all-time favorite segments of this podcast. That's right, folks. Did Stephen watch the episode this week? You got to say it. No, you have to say the thing. Did Steven watch the episode this week? Did Steven watch the episode? I would not have been able to sleep tonight if you hadn't done the customary repeating. Did Steven watch the episode? Yeah, it's like when someone goes, I had said that Steven finished it and like people like lose their shit. Are you one of those people that bother you? Well, if people do it to Nardwar, yeah. Do you know about that? That's fair. The do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. If you don't do it, you're an asshole. You've got 20 seconds on the clock. This is a really big episode. It has two pretty specific storylines that you Mm -hmm. could separate. What are you thinking this time? I think I've got a lot of pressure on my shoulders, Zach. I mean, people were mobbing me in the streets after last week's episode. I mean, just like More than usual or the same? They were Same amount of mob or bigger mob? Bigger mob than normal. This one a lot more violent- and a little bit more like sexually aggressive. We're gonna go time. nuts in there. Yeah. <laughs> a lot but of frat we, guys. We will have sex in your car. Oh, that's uh the other guys, isn't it? No, mine was from I think you should leave. Mine was not. You got twenty seconds on the clock. Yeah. You're feeling a little I don't apprehensive. Know. I'm I'm a little nervous. I just feel like I have performance anxiety. Yeah. I might need a special if I had a little nickel blue for every time I'd heard that helper. from Stephen Baker. Yeah, just yeah. hit up the Rickers and get one of those weird pills that has like a grasshopper on it or something. Yeah. I like to seconds go with on the, the one that has a dragon riding a horse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The label just says 
the best two minutes followed by the worst six years of your life. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to give it my all. On go. Uh-huh. Three, two, one, go. Boom, boom. We're all in Janet's void, and we're all Janet, except for Michael and Janet, who are this themselves, uh, because Janet has to keep them intense. Meanwhile, uh, Michael and Janet are going to go to the accounting office, try and figure out why the system is broken, while Eleanor as Janet and Chidi as Janet try and get their emotions out. Chidi explains why Chidi and Eleanor's visions is not him. It was someone else, but then they end up kissing, and everything Stop. works out for them. Nah. You said a couple things. You said everyone's Janet except for Janet <laughs> and Michael. You also said when you were talking about Janet and the humans, you said Janet's got to keep them intense or intense. Did I say that? I meant you inside did. her. Not sure what that means. I'm inside, inside her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you didn't get the meat of Michael and Janet's plot. Not at all. You didn't get the ending. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't awful, and I'm it not gonna. It wasn't good though. I'm not gonna dock it so much because last week's was so good. Yeah. yeah, where am I sitting on that one? I think you maybe think it's a little bit worse than what it actually was, but it wasn't great. I do think it's below a B minus, but I Certainly. think it's gonna be. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a C, just a straight C. Thank you. Okay, I'll take that. Do that better didn't next feel time. Good all right, from me. Really yeah. think about it next time. I'm gonna time. try. I've got a lot of trivia questions, so let's get right into it and just keep them going. Let's I'll do go it. You first. go first. What yeah. white lady things does Jason come up with to say? Damn. I am, I wanted to write this as a question. It was like... Nothing. There were like four of them. They were funny. What's the number one white people concert to go spend $10,000 on? Of all time, not just of Taylor right now. Taylor Swift? Of all time, not just of right now. Oh, all time. That's got to be like either Elton John nope. or... Close. Garth Brooks. Nope. Less close. I'm not really helping you here. You don't have anything Elvis. for this question. Billy Joel. Billy Joel. Also, I found it on Etsy. There was nowhere to park. And did you refill the Brita? That's, ah, uh, yes. We Those say are all that good one ones. sometimes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My turn. Why does Tahani immediately need Michael's help? Because she's wearing a vest. She's wearing a vest. What does Neil's coffee mug say? Oh, that was one of my questions. It was like existence's best boss good job greatest boss best boss best boss what is janet's void tethered to her essence yeah you got it nice how long were chidi and eleanor off and on soulmates 300 years yes oh she says nice what color puppy does eleanor summon first black black can't and say that and it's the one ha, that she gotcha. picked it is they the keep picked. doing really great Moments that pay off to things that we saw that were small bits in the episode mm -hmm. where Eleanor got all these memories. Not just that she knows that she loves Chidi, but that she saw Tahani as a centaur last week. Or that yeah. she knows what puppies Chidi like to see the best. I think that's really, really smart the way they've I like that, that back too. in. My turn? Your turn. What names and job titles do we see on plates in the office? It's one specific oh, scene. I don't know. I just, see, I like, have three one name of them. Tags. The only one anything? that I know is one of my questions, and it was yeah. Milton, and he does a Borat impression. Or Borat yeah, impressions. Impre impressions, and specifically. Parentheses Borat. Borat. There's also Walter from Borrowing, in parentheses, Money, and mm -hmm. Clementine from Songs with Specific Dance Instructions, which I thought was funny, nice. too. Nice. As a dancer, behavior. how do you feel about the songs that tell everybody what to do? Do you think it's good for people that are dance impaired, or do you think it's annoying when you're a dancer who just wants to get on the floor? So I like the ones that tell you what to do. I don't care for 
for the wobble, which has a choreographed line dance to it, yes. but it does not say how to do it in. But you're fine with your cha-cha slide. Cha-cha slide, I'm here for it. Because everybody Cupid knows what to do, is a hit. and people who never, ever dance can get on the floor and shake their tail feather. Mm-hmm. Right? Big fan of those. They're fun. They, okay. they get the people going. What you got for me? How many points is a destination wedding? Mm, so the first time. Because first it's... Just a destination wedding. Don't, yes, not, not the, the theme wedding. Bit. It's minus 1,200. You're right. You yes. got it. Yes. What is the theme roll for the today. destination wedding? It's a costume theme. Think pop culture? Game of Thrones. Really close. Try one more time. Similar. The Walking Dead? No, less. It was Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings? Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. What year did John Locke die? Oh, shit. It's just on the board, right? Mm-hmm. I kind of read the board, but I didn't take photographic. I do not have a photographic memory. Yeah. 1782. You got the right century. 1704. <laughs> okay. I almost guessed an O number. Mm-hmm. I would have given you something if you'd guessed an O number. Your turn. This might be a tough one. Around. I don't know. Who presses the button to send a bag of data to the bad place when they're being shown the tubes? He, all throughout the episode, Neil is mentioning the names of the people that work in the building as he passes them. Mm, is he it says Angela? thank you to mm-mm, old lady name. Well, now Give I don't want to send anyone. Uh, Patricia Gertrude. You just Eleanor. made so many Patricias so mad. Yeah. Did, you guess, did you guess Eleanor? You yeah, I did. They named another character Eleanor. No, it was Doris. Doris. Doris mm-hmm. is a cute old lady name. Yeah, it's not a bad one. We just lost everyone that listens to our podcast named Gertrude. Yeah, sorry, Gertie. They're out of here. How many members does Eleanor Janet say are in Jason's dance crew? Mm, 80. Yeah, you got it. I'm doing great. You're nailing it. I really like this episode. I paid a lot of attention to it. (laughs) What is Doug's current point total? 334,000? (laughs) 334,000? I was say just 334. No, it's going to be 520,000. It's 520,000. Wow. Still not enough. What date is given for Jason and Janet's wedding on the save the oh date? Oh my gosh. I don't even have a single guess, not even a clue. Is it like a weird number because they were in an afterlife? Just make any guess. Any Jeremy Barry, baby. Jeremy Barry, uh, baby. It says in 10 minutes. <laughs> Oh, because it's literally the invitation from that episode when they Uh all got it. I remember now. What was the first act of human altruism and what was the point value? Og gave Grog a rock. And it was good for 10,000? You just looked at your notes. Okay, good. I saw (laughs) you look to the side before you answered and I was sure. Have you ever heard of a micro... Neither of you. So the things where you you look off when you're actually recalling Zach. Don't, don't, don't you You ever flashing back? (laughs) Accuse me. What is this podcast if not us constantly accusing each other of things? In French, the game Clue is called J'accuse, which means I accuse. And so whenever you do it, you J'accuse. Yeah. Also, in most other countries, the game Clue is called Cluedo. Ah, just kidding. It's called Cluedo in French, but you have to say J'accuse whenever you're making your guess. Is it called Cluedo in France? I never quite got that because it's not like Clue doesn't make sense as an English word. Why Cluedo? I don't know. I don't know. 
Yeah, I think it's your turn. This is my last one. Who did Eleanor list as her emergency contact? Britney Spears once, hoping she would meet her. I've got yeah. three questions. I'll give them to you quick. What Shoot body materials does Michael say that Doug has donated? It's when he's talking to Neil about like, come on, this yeah. guy's not getting in. He found donated. a dollar on the ground, donated to the Canadian government, helped their different debt. time. He donated from him, like his body. Yeah. Kidney. No, bone marrow and wow. two testicles. Oh, I don't know if that was in my episode. It's kind of funny, isn't it? He gave yeah. both of his testicles. Wow. When do you need to... Why, when, who do, Who is donating and receiving testicles? Well, someone might need a testicular transplant. Is that, a th- is that real? I'm sure. Because I, I know people can have one removed and they can get by with one. You think sometimes they're like, no, doc, orders, cut out the other one, but put this one if in. If you had somebody else's testes inside of you would you like would the sperm that you make still be like yours D- your dna or would or would it I'm be it like someone else's like if i took a white man's testes and replaced mine with them would i then make a white baby it's a thing i wasn't listening to you <laughs> it's a thing that happened in 1978 i'll hear it when i added the podcast that happens yeah. a lot i'm like wow steven's actually kind of funny i've got oh. two quick questions how long ago was someone last let into the good place did i tell the exact number of years like the exact number of years yeah what 521 else yeah hey oh last question what is eleanor's favorite meal this is when chidi is listing off things before kissing her shrimp shrimp drama shrimp scampi Yes, shrimp scampi. Nice. Shrimp scampi. Kind of trailed off at the end there, but pretty good yeah. round of trivia <sighs> overall. Steven, now it's time. We've been talking about this yeah. episode since we started the show. We've revisited it probably. The, I mean, you've seen it more recently than I have, mm-hmm. but we watched it for the first time in a while. How does it hold up with all of the expectations for you? I had really high expectations. I don't want to say that it let me down because it didn't. I think... The episode is just as impressive, has just as much heart, has just as much weight. I think that the payoff is worth it. You've just seen it before, so it wasn't a surprise. It wasn't a surprise, but I think that this isn't necessarily the funniest episode of the show, but I still think it might be one of the best. See, I don't think it's the funniest episode of the show either, but when I watched it last night for the first Mm -hmm. time just to watch it, I laughed out loud more than I have at the last couple episodes. Mm -hmm. And... I love this episode. I think it's really, really good. I remember it having more of the focus on the four humans as Janet. Me too. I didn't remember so much of the second story, but I do like the second story. Yeah. And I think it leads to the most satisfying buildup we've had in quite a while. Yeah. I kind of remember what happens next, but this is a really good – things are really ramping up. Like we get a scene where – Michael's character arc comes to a head in a way that it hasn't this whole show yet, Mm -hmm. where suddenly he's so sure of his place in all of this and what he has to do. I think that's one of the most important moments of the series so far. I also think it's so smart how they make a lot of really important character moments for the humans as Darcy Carden playing them. The Mm -hmm. culmination of Chidi and Eleanor's relationship happens here, and it works. The culmination of Jason finding out that Janet's in love with him, and it works. It's all fun. I think it's amazing how well, in big ways and small ways, Darcy Carden mimics all of the four characters. Yeah. Like, at first, when they're all dressed as Janet, you kind of, well, I don't really know which one's 
Eleanor. I don't really, they're all kind of, but as soon as they're in the costume and she gets to really play around with their Even just the posture that she has with each of them is so specific. I mean, it's truly a masterclass in impression work and in just like comedic acting by Darcy Carton. It's, it's and to think excellent. of what it was like to film this episode for Darcy Carton. She's not acting yourself. against anybody with that incredible Eleanor Chidi scene. I think this episode is amazing. I think yeah. it is just as impressive as it's ever been. I don't know if it's the best episode of the show. Yeah. But that's not a demerit. I think the best episode of the show is one that really features everyone a lot more. I think this is an A-plus stellar episode and, Mm -hmm. like, the perfect experiment episode for the show to do. But it's not the very best episode. I mean, the the closest thing that that we can kind of compare this episode to is virtual systems analysis, right? Mm -hmm. And... I think I like this better. This is better. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's been a minute since we've watched it. And I remember Mm -hmm. really liking that episode. Yeah. But as far as making one character play all the characters, they did it different in that one because it still Mm -hmm. showed like Jeff and you watched Abed walk into Jeff. Having Darcy play all these characters is such a gamble kind of. Of course, Mm -hmm. they had faith in her. We all had faith in her. But it had to really, really work to be worth it. And it does. Well, and I remember watching this episode for the first time and being like, whoa, when the episode yeah. starts, because you think, okay, cool, everyone's in Janet's void, they're going to figure out something mm-hmm. from there, and then it's, oh, shit, everyone is Janet, is Janet now. can only <laughs> exist this way here. Yeah, I really like it. Let's get into it. Okay, the Let's episode starts off, I like the visual, the white screen, and Michael's just this little tiny dot, and I love his enthusiasm as he rushes into the main screen. It's like, oh, whoa, yeah, hey, it worked! And Janet just calmly, like, steps over, boops over, because this isn't new to her. And Michael just, oh, if I had a heart, it would be pounding right now. <laughs> he's doing, like, some lunges, and he's asking yeah. if his hair still looks awesome. And Janet immediately brings up, okay, Michael, I know you're excited, but things might be a little off with the humans because of this. I've never had to do this before. And we cut to four Janets dressed as Janet. And we don't really know which one's supposed to be which at first because they're talking in a Janet voice. They're not saying things that differentiate themselves from one another until Cheaty mentions having a stomachache. Or he goes, ah, oh, that's the first time that you're like, oh, mm-hmm. shit, that's Cheaty. And I think that Sahani and Jason are really clear, too, in Sydney. Right. Like, this okay, is before that's... Jason speaks. But yeah. I'm just saying for just a split second. But like when you're just looking at them, it's just yes. four Janets. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all Janets. And then you know which one's Tahani because of the, am I wearing a vest? Wearing Michael, a vest? help at once. <laughs> <laughs> really, really funny joke. This is what cuts into the theme song when Michael says, how are we supposed to even tell them apart? Cut to Jason pointing at the boobs. Like, oh, well, that one's Jason. <laughs> which that is like one of the oldest jokes in just shows. And I think it's funny every time. What do you mean? Give me the remove it body from the switch. weirdness of it. Uh-huh. Body oh, switch, guy and girl's body. I have boobs now. Fun. It's always going to be the joke, and it, it works most of the time for me, as long as it's not, like, aggressively gross. Like, they did it perfect here because Jason is not, like, fondling himself. He's just pointing and looking because he's like, wow, I have boobs. That's <laughs> Yeah, fun. exactly. It's kind of making me think, if I'm going back to other examples, the Freaky Friday remake where Lindsay Lohan and Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis, like, look at themselves in the mirror, and Lindsay Lohan, or as Jamie Lee Curtis, like, grabs, mm-hmm. like, what is this? and the mom's like oh i'm young again and that was a disney movie yeah scooby-doo titty grabbing live action when shaggy becomes a girl no they all the switch bodies switch been a minute since i've seen it i think we're gonna watch it over spooky season it's been a while nice zach famously not a scooby-doo guy i did enjoy as a kid the live action ones though so i think i'll enjoy revisiting those good cast 
So Janet's explaining the thing to Michael and to the humans that she can't put them back into their bodies. So the next best thing to do is to give them all better suiting clothes. Of course, Dahani is like, this one will do. I guess <laughs> it's okay. And it's so easy to talk about these characters, not as Janet as the character, yeah. but just as the characters interacting. Because it feels like, well, the writing is so sharp here. Because that's exactly how Tahani would react. And then Eleanor mocking Tahani. Are you sure wearing a floral print to the infinite void at this time of the nothing is so Eleanor. And it's delivered in such an Eleanor way. It shows three things. It shows, one, how well the writers know the characters. To it shows how, how well Darcy knows the characters. How well Darcy exactly how well and she her knows the characters on the show. And it shows how well these characters have been molded and put in front mm-hmm. of us that we can identify them in a different body played by a different person yeah. in a different space than they've ever been in. I can look and say right away without moving, Oh, that's Jason, that's Eleanor, that's Chidi, that's Tahani. And instantly identifying as it being a scene where Tahani and Jason and Eleanor are all quipping at each other. Uh, yeah. Because we've seen it so many times and it feels the same as all the other times. And that's a, an accomplishment of filmmaking, of acting, of writing. They did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Chidi asks where they are. Are we in this void? We're not on Earth. And Janet says, yes, Chidi, that's correct. And explains that their real bodies, they all died on Earth. So they dematerialized and their essences took their current form here in Janet's void. And when you say void, eh, she means a subdimension out of space and time <laughs> at the nexus of consciousness and matter tethered to her essence. Does that help? Another really funny characters as Janet working off each other here when Chidi's freaking out over all this information. And I just want to lie down. Where is down? Where, and then Jason's and Jason? at the ceiling. <laughs> I found it. It's up here. It's dope. <laughs> Darcy really nails the Manny Jacinto stupid Jason Yeah. Voice. The kind of inequality like this, where it's kind of like a dopey cartoon character, but it's still kind of based in a real person. And she gets the mannerisms, the voice, the cadence down so well that it just works as well. You can hear Jason saying it. It's as good as any other Jason bit. That one, the voice is really just perfect on. And I think it shows not only how much the character of Janet cares about Jason but how much Darcy does too because she plays it like this is the person I like the most so of course the Jason Janet combo is the one that's the most like pure and honest and it's really cute it kind of is yeah well and in a Max way Jason is kind of the most pure and honest of all of them even if he's got his head screwed on a weird way Mm -hmm. so Jason's like I call the sofa and he walks there from the ceiling which is just so funny (laughs) and Michael tells them the plan they need to get to the accountant the head accountant and they're gonna do it by accessing this neutral zone that'll take them there while the humans hide in Janet's void Tani asks well why can't we go and it's because now the four of them but they kind of have been for a while Mm -hmm. if you remember back to like Rhonda, Diana, Jake and Trent when they were trying to hide from the bad place well that was just bad place fugitives now they are that's true Breaking the laws of all the the realms. Because, as Janet says, they are the first people to die and not immediately goes to the good place or bad place. So I guess no purgatory in Mm. this or the medium place, I guess. But they're the first humans that die and aren't immediately judged and sent somewhere because of it. Yeah. And aside from that, the judge is still really pissed off at Michael. I like that we're mentioning the judge keeping that threat alive when we haven't seen her in a while. And he doesn't want that taken out on them because that's on him. And with the bad place on their trail, along with all that, the entire universe is after them. Like, there's nowhere safe for them to go. Janet's Void is the last place they can go. And as we'll soon see, it's not a place that they can stay very long. Yeah. Another good Janet as Eleanor bit when she says, Okay, but what's a fourth really good reason? 
Jeez, just trying to lighten the mood. Tough void. Yeah. <laughs> so Michael's going to sweet talk the accountant so he can see some records, pose as a good place employee, because his goal in this episode is to find proof that the bad place has been cheating and tampering with the point system and making it so not enough people can go to the good place. This is a huge episode for developing yeah. the kind of point of this show and the statement that the show makes across the whole series, but now into its end game of the series, this whole idea of, well, what is judgment of humans for their actions? This mm -hmm. is a big episode for that, which I think yeah. gives it some points, even if we're a little wanting to spend more time in the Janet side of things. I think the other side is really important in this episode too. It is. If anything, it might even be more important to the overall story than even... Eleanor and Chidi getting together and you're kissing right here in this moment to the universe to the big yeah. story the non-character dynamic story you're right it is more important mm -hmm. so they're going to go off and do that Michael is confident he says they're almost to the end they'll stay here they'll keep Janet's heads on straight and uh, I think Jason says bye or Janet says bye as they pop away and yeah. they leave to be at this waiting room area in the neutral zone where they come across a neutral Janet sitting at a window. Uh, Janet says she's kind of the black sheep of the Janet world or the blank sheep. I can throw <laughs> shade now. That's cool. Was that in your episode? Yeah, it was. Is, is throwing shade, is that too Gen Z for you, Zach? Or are you, you up on what that means? No, I think throwing shade was coming around by the end of high school, beginning of college. I don't think that's too new. Mm-hmm. Would it would it make sense to say that Janet being able to throw shade is a sleigh? Almost. I think it's a sleigh. I think anything it's a Janet serve does is more a sleigh. than it is a sleigh. And what's the difference? Uh, a sleigh means that you have taken out all of her competition because you have slayed those around you with just okay. your mere existence. A okay. serve is you're presenting. That's a good explanation. That, that makes perfect yeah. sense to me. Uh, and which am I? How about that neutral Janet, you know, really funny. <laughs> I think neutral another... Janet is really funny. In this episode, all the focus is on Darcy Carden as the four humans. She also gets a great showing as regular Janet, and she gets a great showing as neutral Janet, proving that without even noticing all the time on this show, Darcy is playing like six different characters. Yeah. So it's really cool to get this bit. All she does, neutral Janet, is give the exact information she has to give and end every sentence with end of sentence. Mm -hmm. So neutral the Janet tells them where done. they are. Yeah. And instantly she says, this is where you are. This is what we do here. End of conversation. Michael asks to speak to the head accountant on good place business. And again, she plainly states, okay, I'll tell him he'll either see you or he won't see you. End of conversation. <laughs> Michael in the background sees that there's a wanted poster for the four humans and is really glad that the void plan worked because they're safe in the meantime. But Janet then – there's a couple really funny Janet glitches in this episode mm. that remind me of some of the season one Janet glitches. Yeah. Where he or she lets out this ungodly burp. <laughs> That goes from human burp to like electronic burp to shares believe. believe in love after love. And I, because I this show has developed its characters so well, developed its world so well, Janet doesn't have to explain what happened. She just says, having four humans in my void is weird. And they cut away <laughs> from that. I think that burp is really funny. That's one of the things yeah. that made me laugh out loud. I like that a lot. So Chidi, back in the void, is freaking out about being in a void and also being a white lady, where all of the other Janet say it wants not a lady, and the Tahani wants is not a lady, darling. That is really funny. I loved 
that part. Again, how well this is put together to separately film all of these, then have it be like they're all talking over each other normally Mm -hmm. is really impressive. Yeah. Jason agrees, yeah, well, we are white. And he goes on to say his white lady stuff, which Mm -hmm. is really funny. Tahani has another really, there's so many funny lines here when she's being all four of them. Tahani is really enjoying the void and says, this time it's like the Xanax took me. I I really like that one. And then Chidi goes on, oh, I have a stomach ache. Then wait, no, I have a stomach <laughs> ache, all in quotes. Yeah. Eleanor tells him to relax and takes a moment to try to figure out how to help him and conjures a puppy, specifically mm-hmm. the black puppy or a similar one that Chidi wanted a few episodes ago. Eleanor thought that she would maybe have some bitch and Janet powers while they are Janet and stuck in the void. But as soon as that happens, the real Janet pops back into the void to tell Eleanor that this is not cool. <laughs> Eleanor is just trying to help Chidi, but the structural integrity of the void is very fragile. Janet yeah. says that it might make everything blow up and we'll disappear forever. And then says to the dog, yes, we will. So stop it. <laughs> no one can resist a cute puppy. No. I like the continuity here. Because we cut to Michael standing by himself in the office, waiting. Mm-hmm. And then Janet boops back in. Michael says, everything okay? She gives a thumbs up and says, nope. Nope. <laughs> but before they can talk further about it, neutral Janet shows up to let them know that the head accountant will see them. And literally nothing else. End of conversation. Mm. They step outside and they meet Neil, the head accountant, who is played by Stephen Merchant. Do you know Stephen like Merchant him. very well? Yeah. From the British office, he's shown up in bit parts in a lot of classic sitcoms, and he's done a lot of collabs with Ricky Gervais. He's really funny. I think he's very funny. Normal guy, kind of Jeremy type vibe, but with his accent, really plays off the how removed he is from the kind of evil stuff that they're doing Mm -hmm. in this supposedly neutral area. This is when he has the little accounting line. I really depreciate you coming. Eh? Eh? It's fine. It's a good, it's, you know, I, I think that the accounting, the whole vibe of all the accountants is really funny. All the ones that we get a little bit of, like, especially Neil and, and Mike, I think are the, mm-hmm. or Matt, the highlights. Mike, Matt. Yeah. Matt. Are the, are the standouts, yeah. but they're Maddie. very, very funny. Maddie. Yeah, I agree. I said earlier on the pre-show, cause we're talking about my top 50 favorite shows over there right now. Mm-hmm. Th- this whole area kind of has severance vibes. And if you haven't mm. watched the show severance, highly recommend Really good show. And in here, Michael is telling Neil that he has this fear that the bad place is tampering with the point system. But Neil, from the beginning and all the way through, immediately shuts that down, is super Mm -hmm. against the idea of that. Tampering? No, no, no. Quite impossible. Laughable, really. Janet, can you remind me to laugh at that later? Your amusement has been scheduled. End of conversation. She's a lot of fun. (laughs) She's a lot of fun. Michael says, okay, I believe you, but how about you just humor me and show me around a little bit? Show me how the system works. So Neil is kind of a full of himself kind of guy. And what's the harm? Nobody ever comes around here. They're going to take him around on a tour. So Neil takes them around. Neil compliments Michael's suit. It's a funny line here. And Mm -hmm. Michael's really trying to appeal to Neil. So he's like, uh, I like your tie too. And Neil says, oh, thank you. It's impossible to remove. (laughs) Back in the void, Cheaty Janet is really excited about the puppy and uh, the way that Janet play. Er, sorry, it's a little convoluted. The way that Darcy plays Janet playing Cheaty when he's looking mm-hmm. at something cute is very specific and tracks for things we've seen Cheaty do before. Eleanor conjured this puppy and 
Chidi asks, well, how did you know to do this? And she knows because aside from the soulmate information, she learned about Chidi's puppy preferences during that. And quickly uses that to say, don't you want to talk about this? Can we have like a conversation about our relationship, about our feelings? And Chidi immediately, kind of much like Neil, shuts this down as well. Well, there's nothing to say. That scenario wasn't me. They weren't my memories. It wasn't this. I'm this Chidi. So that's not me, which really upsets Eleanor. She hasn't thought about things that way and goes to, well, what do you mean? I watched it. It was mm-hmm. us. We fell in love with one another. You can't not claim that. But Chidi, even if he's being a little harsh here when Eleanor just said that she might still be in love with him, Chidi does kind of have a point here. It's what Tahani said to Eleanor last week that, yeah. well, what's the point? He doesn't remember unless you feel this certain way about him. Now we're seeing that act out. We don't know how Chidi feels, but he does know that, well, that's not me. So I feel very, very distanced from that. What do you think mm-hmm. about Chidi treating Eleanor's feelings for the first part of this episode? I think that it's it's Chidi trying to instantly distance himself from it so he doesn't have to address it. And I think that the fact that he's not freaking out or weirded out by it, whereas in season one, when mm-hmm. Chidi in the good place is the object of three people's affection he has a a complete freak out and he had it when he was just individually one person's affection and then it happened three times you know so i think for him to not be freaking out tells me that he's freaking out i think that (laughs) cheaty is so far like beyond his own existence at this moment that he can't handle that and i think that's why he's kind of deflecting i don't know how intentional it is but i think that it is him because he's like i don't understand like i like i can't even say i because i'm not me yeah i'm i'm having a stomach (laughs) ache yeah not the same cheaties but eleanor says Mm. counterpoint that's the dumbest thing you've ever said and you don't deserve your puppy i'm unbooping your puppy and there's a boop (laughs) and then there's like six more puppies and eleanor gets frustrated and then boops again and there's even more puppies and oh my god they're getting (laughs) cuter i wanted them to be less cute (laughs) michael and janet are getting their tour of the accountant's realm and neil as he passes all of his co-workers says hello and he takes michael and janet to this old looking computer this is also kind of severance adjacent even though this came first it's this mm-hmm. main computer that looks really old where we see in old school green computer text every action that's ever happened ever on earth like a live feed to be assigned a point value Mm-hmm. So he looks at the screen and points out, ah, look here, a couple somewhere, were they like in Japan? Uh, I believe Osaka, Japan. Osaka, Japan is having a destination wedding, which is minus 1,200 points. Do you th- agree? Do you think destination, destination weddings, weddings bad are always behavior? bad behavior? Uh, don't do it. In- unless you don't want people to come to your wedding. It's bad behavior unless you're rich enough to pay for everybody to get there. Yeah. And then it's great behavior to give everyone a free vacation around your wedding, I think. Or if you have a destination wedding and you want it decidedly really small, like Mm -hmm. getting married in Vegas small, like your witness and maybe your parents small. If Vegas is the location of a destination wedding, I'm not do not saying go to that wedding. that's the destination wedding. I'm saying Vegas has very small weddings, and that's what it would need. Whatever. Maybe in your experience, <laughs> my Vegas points. weddings have tons of people, Zach. Everyone I know was at my Vegas wedding. But if it's a themed wedding, it's even more points, negative 3,400. Sure. What if it's Vegas themed? I think that's worse. Everyone's I don't think Elvis. that's better. Yeah, yeah I think that's, that's worse. That's got to be worse. 
Suddenly the computer, the feed starts making a slight alarm noise because an unidentified action just happened. Somebody mm -hmm. in the human race did something that's never ever happened before. I know some people like to play this thought experiment and maybe we should do this. I think you should try right now to come up with a string, like a sentence of mm -hmm. totally unrelated words that's gonna create a, a, a statement that surely nobody has ever said before. Ronald Reagan and Banjo-Kazooie, when they're being sexually promiscuous with one another, enjoy a mint chip ice cream from Dairy Queen. I don't think anybody Zach said Pruitt, that Zach Pruitt, that's the biggest penis I've ever seen in my life. Oh, you piece <laughs> of shit! You fuck! Good one. Thank you. <laughs> Thank one. you. Uh, Good one. Hey! Not the biggest isn't a bad thing. You don't want it to be the biggest. That'd be awful. You don't want it to be the biggest. You want it to be yeah. approachable. If you see Tom see, Cruise now, in a Starbucks, the you're not you going to talk to him. was Zach Pruitt, that's the most approachable penis I've ever seen. <laughs> Nothing scares Will me about Smith it. That'd be more at your local Rite Aid, you might sneak and take a picture, but you're not going to go up to him. You see Kirsten Dunst at your local Walmart, saying, you're you saying implying, hello. Are you implying that Kirsten Dunst has a big cock? I'm implying <laughs> an approachable one. Okay. So there's this new unidentified action. Someone did something that's never been done before, she just like we both did. Mary Jane Watson and Marie Antoinette. Do you remember what the action was? Yeah, somebody cut, put a hollowed hole out, in an eggplant, hollowed out, hollowed out an eggplant, and filled it with nickels and was it hot sauce? Yes. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, it, it first was not for strangely weird sex enough. Thing. Yeah, ninety nine percent of all new human behaviors are weird sex things, but this one isn't. Oh, yes, oh. it is. There we go. Very gross. Now, do you think that – because there's two ways to go about this in okay. my conventional weird sex stuff brain. Do you think someone was, like, wanting to get into that nickel hot sauce mix or were they using the eggplant as, like, a conduit to then put the nickels and hot sauce inside of them? Like a yeah. Trojan horse I'm situation where like you get enema. it through the gate. It's an enema. It's an yeah. eggplant, You get it through the gate and, and then enema. the soldiers come out. And then the partner must go through the oh, battlefield. Oh, this is a two-person thing. Yes, the partner must go through. Because once you've, obviously, you've already hollowed out the eggplant, so it's not going to yeah. stay contained. It's going to mm -hmm. open, and all of that hot sauce and nickels is going to be all over your rectum or vagina. Yeah. But this seems like a guy-on-guy -guy thing, so it's probably a rectum. Uh -huh. So it, that's all in there. And then the partner, the eggplantee. Mm -hmm. must uh, dive through this battlefield of mush and hot sauce and burning and fire uh, to retrieve all the nickels until they've recollected the entire dollar. Wow. It's a game, That's kinda. 20 nickels. Yeah. You think you can fit 20 nickels in your ass? I know for a fact. I can <laughs> How many nickels are in a roll of nickels? <laughs> I can just slide that thing right up. Is this think about those comment cards? Oh, only nineteen, only nineteen. There's Do you one want still in more there. or less nickels in Zach Pruitt's butthole talk on your end of the time knife? Let us know. Let us know. Let us know. I think more. Nickels an approachable size, smaller than a quarter, bigger than a penny. I'm here for it. The action gets sent off to all the different departments. So we've got Anastasia and stuffed vegetables, Hector and American coins, and Matt and weird sex things. Matt says, hey, uh, did you get my request for an immediate suicide? Uh, denied. <laughs> Such a funny guy. Gotta love that, Matt. <laughs> That's definitely the worst job to get stuck with. Or the best, depending on the guy. I think that it would start as the best, and then as humanity gets weirder and worse, you'd have to deal with some really fucked up stuff. The second Burning Man comes to town. <laughs> 
I've got 700 new. <laughs> Whenever there's a new action, it's studied and awarded a point total. And Neil says this is why the system can't be tampered with, because it's tested by over 3 billion accountants. And if they all come to the same conclusion, which they always do, it's an official point number. Another guy, then, it says on the feed, has also tried the eggplant thing. And Michael asks how that's even possible. And it's because the first guy posted it on Reddit. Ah. Oh, that, that was cut out of my episode. That's disgusting. That's so he then walks them into the room with the tubes, which is kind of a mail room with a red tube and a green tube. Mm-hmm. And we learn that when people die, a bag with all their data is sent to the relevant destination. I really like this visual. I think that the setup of like the big green circle and the big red circle and like the bank teller tube with the, the tube. Way that I love that. Up. I think it, it's I simple, like it too. It's simple, but it's like very clearly visually, very Chekhov's gun. We're like, hey, we have this thing to send mail up. And you're like, they're going to send a person through that thing. And it works hand in hand with the whole afterlife bureaucracy of the show where there's nothing fantastical about the afterlife it's a bunch of bank offices Mm -hmm. i think it works really well so this huge bag is sent to the bad place nothing is sent to the good place we're starting to pick up on those clues and while michael sees this he asks if he could look at one specific file just to make sure oh who do you want to see genghis khan marie antoinette walt disney's got some freaky stuff in his file doug forsett how many weird sex things retroactively is Walt Disney responsible for? You think weird sex things? I thought it was just weird anti-Semite things. Did he do weird sex stuff? Well, but think about, and he created a lot of the characters that then had weird sex stuff done with and hmm. through them. I don't think that goes on Disney. I think he's got think enough so. other stuff to go against him. No, you can't. You can't put it against us because people just happen to clip certain audio <laughs> from our podcast where I talk about putting a, a roll of nickels up my butthole and a bottle mm-hmm. of hot sauce and Steven's going to fish around for the dollar. Just because you can assemble words to make it seem like I said that and put it as a clip, that's not bad points for me. Do you think that our super fans like have ships between your background art and my background art? Like, you think somebody's really hoping that Gooby and the walrus from Odd Taxi, like, this is there from? some fanfic? You lost me at, do you think our super fans? Yeah, super fans. The ones that are, like, diving through each of our episodes and, like, making fan cams. Yeah. Please like... make a fan cam of the one angle you have of us 300 <laughs> times. Please. It's all going to be the episode where you were changing. Please. It's like, it's cuffing season. So it kind of looks da, da, like we're looking da, da, in each other's da, da. eyes. Here, let's give nose. them, for the video watchers, let's give, because I have to look away from you to do this, but yeah. let's give them a little longing Zach and Steven look for the fan cams. I'm drenched. (laughs) (laughs) Eleanor, she is now full yelling at Chidi uh, because you what? You're you're so above me. You're not even a little bit curious what it was like to hit this. And then, of course, she goes on with the Well, not this, this, but I would hit this, this. And later she'll kind of get to she at least gets to kiss Janet in a way. Talk about a fan cam. Yeah, for real. (laughs) That was a big moment for us. Let all the good place people kiss each other. (laughs) Yeah. Supporters. (laughs) <laughs> all of my fanfics, no matter what show it's for, involve all, all of the Good Place cast. <laughs> Harry Potter's like, what are you doing here, Ted Danson? I'm here to kiss he Eleanor. Calls him like, Ted Danson. Yeah. He's, I'm here to kiss Eleanor. <laughs> <laughs> 
Chidi doesn't want to see all of these memories that we would love to see because he doesn't see them as his memories or his business. The direct opposite of when Eleanor was saying, Michael, you have to show this to me because it happened to me. It's my ownership. It's my property. It's my memory. It's interesting to see the two takes on this. Yeah. How do you feel on that one, Zach? Do you feel like... Because Chidi raises some decent arguments from the philosophical side of it is, you know, with the whole and the brain splitting one is probably one of the more famous ones. If my brain is split in half and put in Mm -hmm. two different bodies, which one is me? And the most common answer is neither or both. Mm. And I'm kind of on the side of neither. How can it be the most common answer if there's only two answers and the most common answers are both of the answers? Well, there could be other answers that could be half of you. Neither. (laughs) I guess that's true. I don't know. Either I or. think for my personal experience, and this doesn't speak to what would be right or mm-hmm. wrong, if I was given an opportunity to see something that yeah. happened to me or would happen to me and I didn't know about it, I think I would have to say, yes, I'd like to see it, even if it was something really traumatic. I would like to see things from the past. I have no interest in seeing the future. Yeah, I, I guess you'd be too obsessed about what was going to happen but I still think if given the if I made this a real world mm-hmm. scenario and someone had the footage ready to show me, I think I would be curious enough to say yes. I think I would say yes to after. seeing a past life that I lived from beginning to end. I would see that footage. I would not want to see the rest That's of my life. That's a good idea. That's fair. Well, you're better at <laughs> boundaries than me. Or I'm just clearly. much more afraid, I think. <laughs> no, oh, don't get me wrong. I'm scared as shit of everything all the time. Chidi is on a tear now, and he can't just talk to Eleanor about feelings. He has to explain the philosophy of it all. So he conjures up a blackboard setup. It's funny because when he conjures up the blackboard and the chairs, the living room setup that was there goes away, and Jason falls out of his chair. Which is really funny. It's in the background. You could kind of miss it. You're boop, oh, and he falls out of his chair. So Chidi, yeah, he talks about conceptions of the self, starting with John Locke, who talked about memories and connected consciousness. He says if he can't remember what happened, it's not a unified him, so it's not him. Jason questions this and says, Just because you don't remember doing something doesn't mean you didn't do it. I have no idea how it happened, but there is definitely a tattoo on my butt that says Jason. (laughs) Well, in in that, I'm on the side of of Jason, because if you get blackout drunk and you, like, I don't know, run over your neighbor's pet goat and they're like whoa who killed my goat and you're like i don't know i don't remember killing any goats with my car yesterday when i was coming home from the pub with the boys Mm -hmm. Uh, i definitely don't remember in a drunken stupor cleaning the blood off the front of my mom's toyota corolla (laughs) and i don't think you can then say was it me don't remember (laughs) one of my favorite quotes from the film split that I actually mm-hmm. think he says in the movie Split, movie. but it was a meme after it. Pretty good movie. Sure. It's split in time. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it wasn't me. It was Patricia. I say uh-huh. that all the time. So I think <laughs> it's really funny not to belittle people with split personality disorder. But like in that example, in the eyes of the law, which yes, we know is a it. fucked up system, you did it. <laughs> but in the eyes of philosophy, maybe there's a reason that you didn't, but still dangerous person that needs help. It's a yeah. complicated issue. We'll have to get into it another It time. wasn't me. It was Zach Pruitt of Anderson, Indiana that did the crime. <laughs> I don't remember any of it. Don't dox me. Don't tell people I, I'm going to dox you at the address of... They're going to come by the busload to Anderson, Indiana, hoping to find old <laughs> Zachy Pruitt's house. They're going to be walking through every place. Where's Zach Pruitt? I want to find him. 
Uh, they're going to have a, a, a roll of nickels and a bottle of Tabasco. I got to find this guy. Well, you can know where I am if you've got that. Please do. <laughs> like that. Jason says the thing about his tattoo, and Chidi says, well, that brings up Derek Parfit. And Tahani says, it does? <laughs> it does? <laughs> Which is about how having memories from an earlier time doesn't necessarily mean it was him. Like the example you already gave that we discussed. If your brain is split in half, blah, 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 blah. If that Chidi doesn't exist, but this one does... He must be the real cheaty. Even if it is his brain's been cut in half and split into two people, he's the one that's here right now, so I must be cheaty, and that's not cheaty. Mm -hmm. I kind of get that explanation, but the other argument is, well, no, the other one is also you, I guess. It just has different thoughts. I talked on this show, I'm pretty sure, about there's a show that I really, really like. It's an anime, obviously, but there's a character that has suffers a traumatic event, has memory loss, and is living that reality for like three years and then something happens and she gets her memory back. And mm. to the people in her life, it feels like the you did her they knew for those three years died because she doesn't have any recollection of that time. She doesn't have any of the experiences. None of it did she but retain. for her, she's finally her again. Yeah, and so that would be more on Chidi's side of the argument. Yes. So I think it is a valid question to ask. Now, is this all to keep Chidi from having to talk about his yeah. feelings? Yes. That's exactly what Eleanor says. I know you're just <laughs> avoiding talking about feelings, and Chidi says, let's talk about David Hewn. <laughs> Back on Michael's side of things, Neil is going through the encyclopedia of names to pick out the Book of Dugs. I really... That's such a fun term. The Book of yeah. Dugs. It works. I love the graphic when... Neil is flipping through the book and he finds the page for Doug Forsett and then it becomes a visual outside of the book, I think Very is really Iron neat. Man. And we learn here, of course, because Doug Forsett, we know how he's been living his life, that his point count is incredibly high, but, oh, he's 60? Nah, he's doomed. He's going to the bad place. Doug has spent his entire life being nothing but good. He once found a dollar on the ground and he sent it to the Canadian government to help pay down their national debt, and he isn't even close to getting in? How can that be? They haven't changed since Og and Grog did their caveman yep. shit, and the rock got points, and then when Grog killed Og with the rock, it took away points, and that's just how it works. Neil says here, unless you can prove otherwise, I don't know how I can help you. So Michael's only hope shattered right in front yeah. of him. But that's kind of undercut when Matt comes in and says, in the last minute, there were 700 new weird sex things. <laughs> oh, Burning Man just started. Yeah, it's going to be a weird week. <laughs> Gear up, buddy. While this is going on, Chidi is continuing to teach, but Eleanor's over it. She just wants Chidi to admit that he's embarrassed, I guess, that he fell in love with her. She's just an Arizona trash bag. Then Janet, the real Janet, pops up to show... This is really funny. Janet pops in to scold them for conjuring stuff. Chidi thinks it's because he conjured the blackboard setup, but it's because Jason conjured a broken <laughs> hot tub and Pillboy. <laughs> Sorry, Janet. I didn't mean to conjure Pillboy. I was just thinking about how much fun we used to have hanging out in his broken hot tub. And then he showed up. Yeah, I was just chilling, being nothing. Then all of a sudden, I was. Oh. <laughs> Goodbye, Pillboy. Ah, yep. I'm not a which is nuts because Janet had to really work at making a person that wasn't her. And like, it was like a whole thing she had to like really put effort into and it wasn't perfect. And Jason just accidentally <laughs> makes a perfect thinking boy. of him. Yeah. <laughs> he becomes a bunch of cubes like Mike TV and he starts evaporating. <laughs> oh no, I'm, I'm not, not again. again. <laughs> 
Pillboy's in this for two or three seconds, and it's one of my favorite little. Bits I've of been the there. I think I've I've hit that level of inebriated where I just become. Oh no, not, I'm not. Again. I'm not. <laughs> their thoughts and feelings, their conjuring, all of it is starting to affect the void. And Janet says, "Okay, I don't know what to do. Maybe you guys need to just split up and go elsewhere." Tani thinks that's a great idea and says, "We'll all go to our neutral corners, as it were." Janet, darling, can you make us some corners? That line wasn't. That makes a lot more sense because in, I think in my episode it goes right from the pillboy thing. Janet's like something's bad. Don't know what to do. You guys need to like chill out. And yeah. then the next, I I Janet, think dog, maybe I just missed corners. it last time I watched it. But and then you see Tahani and Jason walking later on. But oh, I see. Yeah, that does make a little bit more sense. So they're like, let's mm-hmm. go walk on our corners. Yeah. Michael is continuing to vouch for Doug though, just freaking out, letting him know he donated both of his testicles. He donated his bone marrow. And then Janet pops in to hurry him along. She says mm-hmm. that her molecular essence is fragmenting, and it's giving me the worst headache. And then the rest of the episode, Janet has this like hangover type thing that's yeah. really funny to see her be grumpy. And Michael is like, okay, then let's cut to the root of it. If Doug's not getting in, who is? Tell me, let's look at someone who got in over the last year. Neil tippity tap tap taps for a long ass time. Oh, nope, nobody got in this year. <laughs> oh, nobody? Well, what about the last three years? Even longer tapping, typing, tippity tap tap, hitting like the number keys a bunch of times. Yeah. Janet, like <laughs> her head killing her, no one. No one has gotten in in a year. No one's gotten in in three years. No one's gotten into the good place for 521 years. Well, and I buy that a neutral accountant wouldn't think of it as, huh, this is a trend because they're just be like, well, no, everybody is bad. Everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. An individual says, OK, well, that point led to that, led to that, led to that. And they ended up negative. And it just happened to happen to every person for the last 500 years. And what the show is saying here, and a thought I've had about myself and people for a long time, you could make like a 10-minute short film about any person and make them either the hero of a story or the villain of a story. Mm-hmm. I believe that. Everyone has done enough good things that you could make a little, even the yeah. worst people of all time like Have done... pick some flowers for their sweetheart once and you could make a little mm-hmm. video of it that makes them look cute. Likewise, I think if you binarily look at all people at all of their actions, we all are bad. I mean, look at any time that you lied as a baby or a toddler. That's just racking up bad points. Or just little things like you say last week, not being as invested in the environment as you should. Mm -hmm. Where I can genuinely and have, I can tell people that I think you're one of the sweetest, kindest, most good-natured people ever. That wouldn't matter because of all the little bad things that everybody does. And it's... Human beings are so much more nuanced than that. We all have good. We all have bad. Can we be judged binarily Mm -hmm. and should we be judged binarily i think the show is really dabbling into those questions really well no one's gotten in i wish they would have told us who it was 520 yeah the last person to get in would be really funny so that's going on and also janet like almost as if she's like uh, starting to fade in the end of back to the future when marty Mm -hmm. mcfly ceases to exist she's starting to visually fragment like she's gonna blow up in a bunch of pieces so on the inside jason janet comes to talk to chidi who's acting a little nervous and saying, oh, I've been noticing you fighting with Eleanor. I want to hear what's going on. And Chidi says, well, no, it's not because I don't like her. It's about philosophy. It's not about mm-hmm. that. Everything's going on. It's too much. This is interacting and fracturing. It's too much. But Jason says, oh, okay. Well, I have the story about my 80-person dance crew, this guy named Stank Toby, which is... <laughs> I now, really want to hear what Stank, Stank Toby's Toby story was going to be. Well, the reveal that this is... 
Eleanor as Janet, as Jason as Janet, makes it really fun to watch this scene back and see not only is it slightly different than Darcy's Jason it impression, it's, it's Darcy's impression of Eleanor's impression of Jason. That, as an actor, is so impressive. And you because can tell it's asking, okay, Darcy, you you played Janet. Janet is this all-knowing but varying degrees of understanding, nuance yeah. being. And this Janet is being embodied by Jason, who doesn't understand shit, who's being embodied by Eleanor, who kind of understands stuff but is pretending because this – I mean, just like reading that as an actor, you're like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? But she does it – perfectly it's so impressive and the writing stellar too because you just assume it's jason mm -hmm. and then the moment when jason or eleanor as jason says oh dip what are numbers you're like that doesn't sound like a jason line is this bad writing yeah. no it's excellent it's writing because it's eleanor on the fly trying to think of an absent-minded jason thing to say it was her only way she thought to get Cheaty to talk is if someone else that wasn't her got him to talk about it suddenly jason as eleanor pops up in the background for some reason <laughs> he felt like they had to switch hi Cheaty. i'm eleanor i'm arizona shrimp horny That's not what i sound like jason get out of here oh dip <laughs> eleanor doesn't get what she's going through because she is going through her own thing of not knowing who she is anymore. Yeah. She's starting to lose. Well, if Chidi knows who he is and who isn't, and I don't, who am I? Am I anything? Am I that Eleanor? Am I this one? And it's just too much. It's and it, Also, she's being vulnerable and talking so much about her feelings and taking her out of her comfort zone. She's losing her sense of self, and we see that here visualized by such a cool, smart idea mm -hmm. that this show, oh, God, it just executes it perfectly where Eleanor literally transforms into someone else. Yeah. And I think that it makes so much sense because Eleanor just went through the internal turmoil of, wow, I've told someone that I love them. Oh, no, I didn't really. It was because of all these other extremities. And then Michael's like, no, you have this capability. And when she's like, Chidi, I have this capability. I did these things. I and he broke says, the system. no, you didn't. The last Eleanor did. Then what am I? Yeah, that's so smart because I would never have thought to take it that yeah. direction. And I think it's so creative because that would be a crisis where if you're like, wow, I did all these amazing things over all this time. I lived these lives. I have done so much. I am capable of so much. And the person that you care the most about in your immediate wow. life is like, no, that's all bullshit. I have a different opinion. Doesn't count. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's really smart of the show. And I think all this season, really, one of the smarter things they've been doing is parallels. Like yeah. we saw how Cheaty reacts when the, the the when the glass is shattered of the afterlife versus someone like Doug Forsett, where mm -hmm. Cheaty goes all like it's all out of here, Nothing I can do matters. whatever I yeah. want, and Doug thinks no, everything matters. I think there's been a lot of examples, big and small, throughout this season of seeing when a new philosophical question or problem is brought up, how different sides of human nature react to it, while just being funny and creative on top of it, and it's really smart. Mm -hmm. Chidi can't get in a word as he's like stuttering over Eleanor, but Eleanor is throwing a tantrum and she's switching from person to person as the void starts to crack around her. We see her as a man, as a little kid, as an old lady. And while this is happening and everything's going on inside of Janet, she pops in to ask what's going on. But Eleanor now is like losing her sense of self mm -hmm. and she's starting to not know what's going on or not know what she's supposed to do or remember what happened. But she's still kind of got a little grip 
And she says, so I don't know who I am for like two seconds and it breaks the entire universe. What about Chidi? But Chidi's entire existence not is to also... brag <laughs> and also eleanor is doing this while being a being other than her own being inside of mm-hmm. a void totally different scenario totally well, Chidi, different. well that's the thing is she's saying you know Chidi freaked out about being in here for like three hours why was that not an issue something we clearly didn't get to like see the full extent of yeah but Chidi's like well i was being myself like freaking out's my right. thing like that's what i do not to brag <laughs> you're right i was relating it to the chili incident i wasn't mm-hmm. thinking of it that way Janet just needs Eleanor to keep it together for a little bit so she can do what she has to do and just be more Eleanor-like. But the crashing of the system continues. She keeps switching Mm -hmm. beings, and the cracking around of the void continues. Then we cut to just this little slight scene that's really short but does a lot for the ongoing character dynamic story of the show, where Tahani and Jason are walking further and further along the void, which is just boundless. And we Mm -hmm. see all these signs that are appearing behind them (laughs) and, like, map lines to help them know how to get back where they were. (laughs) They find this big screen... And Jason's like, wow, look at this dope flat screen. Oh, it's air mounted and is walking around the thing. (laughs) But it's really Janet's database. And it kind of Mm -hmm. looks like a Google screen. But where it would say search, it just says Janet. Tahani's excited. And she says, this screen could show us literally anything that's ever happened. And instantly, Jason, cartoons. Uh, I think it's broken. TV, show cartoons for Jason. (laughs) But of course, the word Jason triggers Janet's personal diary, his her personal Jason shrine here, and they discover just quickly and simply that Janet has this crush on Jason. And not only that, Tahani realizes, I think you guys were maybe even once married. Jason takes a breath and thinks and says, Oh, this flat screen must have been a wedding present. It's all starting to make sense now. <laughs> As those revelations go on, Michael is getting really lost because he thought the accountant was going to solve everything for him. Mm-hmm. And Neil's now going to leave. He has to leave for Marisol's 39th, for 39 millionth birthday again. again. She's turning 39 million again. Joke. But Michael won't let him go. He pleased, like, please be logical. No new good place residence in 500 years. Obviously, that shows that the point system is in trouble. Harriet Tubman didn't make it in. Not one single golden girl. The bad place has hacked your system. And Neil is one of those numbered nerds that, no, my system is good. There's nothing wrong with my system. He's angry now. If you've got a problem, this is so right-wing people when liberals complain. If you've got a problem, how about you join the system and change it yourself? He's busy. He's got to go eat cake or else Erica, fucking Erica, is going to get the last goddamn corner piece. Erica, always takes the corner pieces. I love this moment. This show is so bizarre that it's hard to get emotional but then when you do it really hits and here when michael's really at his wits end and he says well what am i gonna do if he's not gonna fix this who is this is the end of my plan and janet calmly while all of this internal stuff is going on with her Mm -hmm. smiles at him and says obviously duh it makes so much sense you michael it's you you're the guy who came up with this plan you're the guy that sees the problem clearly it's a problem and it's not going to fix itself and you have to be the person to save everything i love this moment i do too i think that we haven't gotten a really good janet michael friendship moment in a little bit and they had really built that well throughout season two and three. And I think that it's nice to return to that. Cause like Janet and Michael have been through more together than the reason is friends. The reason this is friends. mimics that scene very, very well. That gave me the, the little sad chills. I wanted to Aww. cry when you said the reason is friends. I love that. 
Yeah, Michael and Janet are such a great duo. And I love how this episode isn't just the showing off Darcy Carden's impressions of all mm-hmm. the cast members. It's a Janet episode. And she still gives a great Janet performance. It's, it's great. Well, the root of the story is Janet. Janet has got to help Michael realize his full potential, that he needs to be the one to solve the problem, while her insides are ripping apart, and she has to go into her void and also, like, corral all these humans. It's totally a Janet episode inside of an episode that's not really a Janet episode that just well, takes place inside thing of is, Janet. Well, is, is, is I still don't even think that it's necessarily a Janet episode. I think, I think there's an angle where you can see it thing. as one. I, I do. Thinking about it like that, I think there is a... a an argument that it is a Janet episode, but I think of it as somebody else's episode. But I'll, I will, I will get to that later. Nice, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Janet gives a speech that we've been waiting two seasons for. We've been thinking all the time that no, you guys, you can't just go to the next place, the next realm is how they mention it, and mm-hmm. find someone that's going to solve a problem. You've got to solve the problem. So finally, after thinking that for seasons and episodes, Michael gets this boost of confidence from his closest friend that he is and has to be the one that can do it. But before they can do that, Eleanor's identity is shattering in her void, and they and they need to marbleize Janet now, mm-hmm. which is scary. They don't know what yeah. is going to happen to the humans if they do that. But she can't take them out of the void. They're fugitives here. They're one. Yeah. And she can't keep them in there because they're all going to explode and just be gone. So Michael needs to marbleize her, take them somewhere safe, and then bring her back. One last funny Matt joke. We need a paperclip. Paperclip. Hey, Matt, do you have a paperclip? What are you going to use it for? (laughs) He's traumatized. Back in the void, Eleanor is now a buff muscle man freaking out, and she's scared, and she's really losing herself now. She doesn't know what she's supposed to do, and she's switching bodies rapidly, old man to the next to the next. She can't remember who she is or what she's supposed to do, and the void is almost completely crumbled. So Chidi has to be more decisive. He has to say something. He has to snap her out of it. Much like Janet is the only one that can snap Michael into him being the problem, Chidi knows that if he says the right words, he can snap Eleanor out of this. And through this, he comes to terms with how he really feels about her. He starts by just listing things about Eleanor, that your favorite meal is shrimp scampi, you put Britney Spears as an emergency contact, her favorite movie is the clip of John Travolta saying Adele Dazeem. <laughs> but then Chidi quickly says, You flew halfway around the world because you wanted to be a better person and it was very brave. You're sharp and you're strong. You make fun of me a lot. You once called me a human snooze button, but you also showed up in my classroom when I was drowning in despair and canned chili, and you basically saved my life. You have very high self-esteem and a very low tolerance for men who wear sandals, and your worst nightmare is someone saying something nice about you to your face, but too bad because I need to say it. And it quickly just becomes a list, not of things about Eleanor, but things that Chidi has grown to love Mm -hmm. about Eleanor without knowing in a similar way to Eleanor that he's capable of feeling that kind of love and cutting himself off from it in a similar way to Eleanor a few weeks ago before she had her eyes opened. This experience is opening his eyes. You know, it's the good place version of the 10 things I hate about you speech that Julia Child not Julia Childs that. Julia Stiles so <laughs> thoughtfully <laughs> delivers to, oh, the way your hair falls over your eyes when you have an attitude everyone's is it favorite. Julia Childs or Miss Piggy the world will never know <laughs> what's the difference Ew. 
I like Miss Piggy. I like then as we continue to see the flash. <laughs> I like Miss Piggy too. I like <laughs> as we're seeing the flashes of all the different Eleanor bodies that we get glimpses of the Janet Eleanor who is like lost in this and is trying to reach out for help. But the flash, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It'll be a cut of the Janet and she'll be like looking at Chidi or like even reaching out to Chidi. But before anything can happen, it keeps switching it. Everything's so moving too fast. She's too carried away. So Chidi does the thing that's going to ground her, that's going to bring her back to one moment by kissing her. I want to talk about this kiss. This is an episode worth going a little long on. Chidi's flip from I don't feel any of this to I feel all of this and I'm kissing you is a little convenient based on the scenario. I think almost though Chidi in trying to save his friend had to be honest with his friend. And while being honest with Eleanor, he had to be honest with himself about his feelings for Eleanor and going through and saying all these things that he admires about her and that he has grown to love about her kind of leads him to this impassioned moment where I don't even know if the goal was I'm kissing you to save you other than I'm kissing you because I finally realize how I feel about you and I can't hold back these emotions anymore. It's more dramatic, but it's similar to Eleanor's moment of yeah. kissing Chidi. Oh, that's mm-hmm. you want to be here instead of flying like what was it like a eagle? Yeah, like an owl. Like you want to be here with me and she kisses him here. He realizes all of these things that Eleanor has become to mean to him without him realizing it. And yes, mm-hmm. he kisses her. Everything stops. The kisses, I don't know, because this show is so removed from reality, they can get away with this. But the fact that this is a show on NBC mm-hmm. features two of the same women kissing each other. Yeah, that is a popular hentai category, self-cessed. Then two women kissing each other. And then Chidi and, and Eleanor kissing each other. And the interracial the kiss that... is the edgiest of the three. If you just take the image, there is a little bit of edginess to this Mm -hmm. scene that NBC let it happen, but it doesn't feel like that at all. It just feels so sweet and wholesome. I think especially because like the actual kiss itself is very much like kind of awkward because they're kissing each other as Janet. So it's like a very like, like smushed (laughs) and then it's Eleanor and Janet. They do a pretty good job of shooting the self kiss to not make it look like a real strict line. It doesn't look like she's kissing like a flat surface at all. Like it looks like there's lips touching lips. I paused and zoomed in quite a bit here. (laughs) (laughs) Rewound. Enhance. 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 After you were looking, what were you looking up on Google earlier? Who from Ralph Breaks the Internet? As soon as you were done looking Gal Gadot's character from Ralph Breaks the Internet. Or gorgeous Ralph. Enhance Janet X Janet. Safe search. Enhance. (laughs) Enhance. (laughs) So they kiss and everything stops and literally everything stops. The crumbling stops. Mm -hmm. Once it's Chidi and Eleanor again, now they're no longer Janets. They're in their true form. Eleanor asks if he just said it to save everything. And Chidi doesn't really explain that. I do think it's a question worth asking. He has a funny line about, I don't know, I really want to play this cool, but I'm afraid I'm going to ruin it if I try to be sexy. I already (laughs) ruined it. Saying the word sexy is not sexy. But Eleanor (laughs) interrupts him with another kiss. And what is cute, not quite sexy, but what is romantic is the shot of Eleanor like on major tiptoes to be able to kiss Chidi. Very, very cute. After this, Janet, outside of the void, tells Michael, oh, wait, no, you don't have to marbleize me. I'm okay now. Are you sure? I'm fine. Yeah. I think I'm fine. Oh. Oh, wait. And then she hits some indigestion <laughs> as the humans are changing back into their own forms. It's settling wrong. She yells, incoming! <laughs> and I feel like this moment 
didn't quite turn out the way they saw it in their heads, so they kind of had to salvage it because mm. Janet's mouth gets real big, and mm. I feel like the humans were supposed to come out of her mouth, but then yeah, like a like portal-looking thing appears with them in front of it. I feel like they couldn't quite get the effect that they wanted, so they, they did the best that they could, mm-hmm. and it kind of which stood is out fine. Just a it's a, it's brief enough that it works, but it would have been kind of funny for her to like, kind of like barf them out somehow. Janet says that was awful, but Michael says, "But we're safe. We're here. Everything's good." Then an alarm starts going off. <laughs> Uh, safe from the old scary thing. Now there's a new scary thing. I like that it wasn't that there was some automatic detector. Th- Neil just saw them fucking appear from a bright portal and was like, oh, they're the people on the board. Let me trigger the alarm. I think that's very funny. As opposed to there being like some human detector. Right, that, <laughs> right. Yeah. Neil approaches them. He's got his cake. He got that corner piece he wanted. And he announces that, hey, well, apparently you guys are, are fugitives. But good news, too. There is some cake left. <laughs> just as yes. <laughs> <laughs> also the way that it transitions so seamlessly from janet as the characters to the characters as the characters while still following the same character thread of the episode great job of costuming too i mean, tahani's and chidi's are very like okay that's what they would wear but even like eleanor's like pink sweater and jeans works is really very, fine like, on her recognizable yeah. yeah and it and the transition wasn't so jarring like it was very funny seeing janet in like the jason tracksuit with like the undershirt but it, it was such a smooth transition i liked that really a lot is. too that was something i didn't Super necessarily smooth. notice but but thinking about it was really good really smart Michael is all of a sudden he like he's energized by Janet's speech, but he's still nervous and he apologizes to the humans. He says that this was no help. This is the second week in a row where he's had this thing that he's trying to get to save them mm-hmm. and it hasn't saved them both times. It's just gotten them into direct trouble and they have no plan. They don't have any savior. But then Janet gives him that smile one more time. And it's really a winning moment when Michael says, so I'm going to do it. It's big. Mm-hmm. You feel it. Especially after Michael kind of pussyfooting around the fight last week. Yeah. This Michael is like, no, it's my turn. I'm going to do it. He slaps the cake out of Neil's hand. The quarter piece. No. <laughs> and he runs away and he locks all of them in an office. He grabs the book of Doug's, which he's yelled at for because that's just for the accountants. And he says, I need one of you to volunteer to do something outrageously insane that'll either make you cease to exist or be really fun. That's most of the things I tried. That's my guy. Come on, come on, come on. Get in the tube. Oh, hell yeah. I love getting in stuff. And Michael sends him through the good place tube, the mail slot, the bank thing. He's whoop, goes through it, and it's quiet for a second. Michael kind of looks up the tube, says, well, there's no way to know if anything happened to him, so everybody, let's go on in. So they all go up to the tube, And then we cut to a new setting. We see Mm -hmm. a male box connected to a male chute. And we don't see the inside of the box. And we hear the humans kind of like screaming. And Michael hearing the, oh, oh, boom, boom, boom. And then they all burst out of this mailbox. And they're in another office. It's similar to the offices that we usually see. But it maybe looks older. Mm -hmm. And it also looks a little bit less gray. There's not a lot of color, but there's a little little bit more color. And there's a lot more light, for sure. Mm -hmm. And Michael says, guys, we're in the good place. This line, because I'm a little bit of a picky bitch, uh, uh, I'm annoyed at this point with the holy forking shirt balls. It's good place time. I get why it's time to bring it back for this bit. She doesn't trust Michael, because Michael has said they're in the good place a lot of times. She says, where the fork are we? Fork. Shirt, Ashel, and, and I like that part a lot. Balls. I like we're fork, in shirt, the good place. Yeah, I could have done without the holy forking shirt balls because she just said fork, shirt, 
arch whatever the i think that would have been enough but it's just been diminishing returns on the fake cussing since season one but they haven't done it in a while so i'll give it a pass and that's the end of the episode that's where we leave and i want to say i like it more after we talked about i do too and I loved it, but we started this podcast in our kind of hipster, well, yeah, it's one of the best episodes of the show, but, but it's not it as really? good as I remember it. No, it is. It is it's yeah. as good as you remember it. It just isn't the first time watching it again. But holding it under a magnifying glass and seeing how every little detail is planned so expertly, whether it's the acting, the directing, the writing, the, the costuming, all of it is just singing perfectly in this episode to make it work as a standalone episode, as an experiment, and also a big cliffhanger moving to where in the good place. What's going to happen next? I feel like I, I say this about everything we get to, but every time we're introduced to a new set, that becomes a little bit because we're only here like in this specific place for a few episodes, mm-hmm. but it's so, so many things are so burned into my head between See, like Nicole Byers not that and way cheating with, Eleanor. I don't and, remember this. It's been a while since I've seen these episodes. So it's, I'm not watching it and feeling like I'm watching it for the first time. Mm-hmm. I'm having an immense sense of rediscovery when I watch yeah. these episodes. Cause it's all flooding back to me. But right now in this moment, I do not remember what happens next. I'm excited. Me too. You said Nicole Byer, and I'm really excited. Yeah. Well, that's Janet's. It's an excellent episode. I think we did a pretty good podcast, if I do say so myself. Maybe throw on those comments into the jar. Let us know what we're saying. Some people have been saying that the podcast fucking sucks now. Most of those people are Steven. And I think the (laughs) last two hours prove against that. (laughs) Let's do good and bad place. You started the last couple. I know who I'm picking this time. Oh, I had a little trouble picking a bad place. I don't really want to give it to any of the neutral people because they're just doing their jobs. Mm -hmm. They have faith in the system. They're not being bad. I am going to give my bad place this week to Cheaty. Wow. Because it ends well, but he does not give Eleanor enough sympathy, kindness, and softness when she just revealed that she may still be in love with him. He's Mm -hmm. only focused on what did or did not happen before. He does not address at all that his friend said, I love you or might love you to him, and he just dropped it and walked over it. I think he ends up in the right place, and this isn't an episode where a ton of people do horrible stuff. I just think he was a little bit harsh to a friend who was very vulnerable with him when she has so much trouble being vulnerable. So it's cheating for me. I hear your argument. I respect your argument. It's okay that you disagree. I gave my bad I give you place permission this to week disagree this time. to Eleanor. Okay. Because I think that, one, identity theft is not a joke. <laughs> okay. And she did pretend to be Jason. But okay, I that's think true. that her kind of throwing a inner turmoil and her own lack of confidence here, which isn't inherently bad behavior. It's holding everybody back. Yeah, and she is the root of a lot of the cause of Janet almost exploding. (laughs) That's fair. And now, Chidi does his part in the conjuring of the classroom and things. Jason does his part with bringing in Pillboy in the hot tub. But Eleanor kind of sets the whole thing off and creates this big drama because she couldn't, like, chill out a second. But I get her not being able to wait. I do understand. I sympathize, empathize with Eleanor a shit ton here. But I think she does do the most things that earn bad place points this week. I do pretty strongly still feel like my reasoning for Chidi. Like, I still think I have the edge of Chidi. And I see your points. I see your points. Mm -hmm. And the way you explained that brings me into my good place for this week, Mm -hmm. who is going to be Janet. 
because mm. like always and now to more intense than ever she has such inner turmoil going on her entire fabric is shattering while she like and frank houses these humans inside of her <laughs> thank you i like that one too oh my god janet's the attic because she's developing more as a humanoid being, she's able to do what she always does, which is show up and get the job done. But also she's able to be a friend to Michael. She's able to talk these people up and to let them see their potential that they didn't see before. She's able to put her ultimate turmoil to the side to help others. And she does it in a way that's not making everybody drink their piss like Doug Forsett. I think yeah. it's going to be Janet for me this episode. What about you? I love and respect that answer. I think that Janet gets the biggest and most honorable than I can possibly give for this Where week. Where are you going? And Darcy Carden gets the MVP. Like she Easy. just I mean, of the series. I think of? that this is an Emmy Award winning Darcy Carden performance. Well, I don't but think they don't it is an Emmy Award winning no. Darcy Carden performance. Emmy Award winning should quality. it could or should yeah. have been. I don't know. If um, it is. I don't think it is. I gave my good place this week to your bad place, Cheedy. That Doug Forsett situation, and it's because yes, Cheedy is a bit emotionally unavailable at the beginning. But I think Chidi does give valid arguments for You're why lying he's heavy what he on says. the end of the episode. And then he breaks away. Chidi says, I am myself because I'm freaking out. I'm unsure. Chidi breaks his own mold of his own character to save his friend. Yeah. Now, I don't think that he was only saying those things. He wasn't lying, but he said, okay, I have to tackle this now because my friend is losing herself and she's losing her identity. So I'm going to go and I'm going to break down my own walls and mm. tell her all the things about herself that make her her as well as take a leap here. And even though I don't even know who I or me is, am, are, not even just moment, who I am, but what the concept of yes, I is. of I is. I know that in this moment, my friend needs me. And so I'm going to stand right here as the world is crumbling and I'm going to do everything I can to save her. And to me, the emotional weight of that gave Chidi some points for me. My only counterpoint to what you're saying is that it took the world to be ending for him to do that and not just his friend being vulnerable and needing him. I And, and I agree. I don't think Chidi's perfect this week, but I yeah. think that he, for me, earned the most good place points, followed very closely by Janet. That Janet was a pretty was interesting week, good place, bad place decision. Some yeah. good choices, some good dissenting opinions. You can always let us know after the fact. If you didn't let us know before, who would you give the good and bad place this week? It's yeah. a big episode. Please let us know. What do you think about this episode? Did we tell you anything that you didn't notice before watching it? And do you want us to go away and stop doing this? Just let us know it all. What was that? <laughs> Say, I'm a busty young girl and I've got yeah. thoughts. Send that to our mm -hmm. email. And I think we've done it, Stephen. Have we done That's the podcast? Profile bio. Did we do it? Are we done? Am I, I think dismissed? We did. May I you go to my room go. from the dinner table? Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for revisiting The Good Place and Janet's with us. Next week, we're going to be back to talk about The Book of Dugs. Good up, good up, good up. Yeah, so please join That's us next Monday sound. to talk about another great good place. And in the meantime, if you want more of us in the week between or want to support this show and help us take it further to give us a little kickback for what you've been enjoying as we go through the good place, patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Brokeback Bebop, you can get every episode before they air, including the full third and final season that's not out on the main feed yet. You can also get The Basement or That 70s Show Rewatch podcast. You can get almost 120 episodes of You Can't Disappreciate Show, amongst all sorts of other little bits and bobs. And while you get to support a small business at the same time. Hey, yo. That's right. My inner baby, 
Check us out. We yeah, sell diapers. We heavily Only the donate big sizes. all of our Patreon to them. Yeah. Just got to keep them up. The city of Noblesville is charging them thousands per day to per stay day. open. So we've really, we're in deep in my inner Drops baby. in the bucket. Helping that national debt. Steven. Yeah. Where else where can else? people find us? Mm-hmm. If you want to kiss yourself and not get judged for it, go yeah. follow us over on Who Twitter doesn't? and Instagram. Uh, over at Time Knife Pod. We're also on YouTube. You can check out the video companion where Zach and I kiss all the time. Search the name of the show on YouTube and Let's you can find can, us. Can you get all the way to the line well, for a kiss? You're on this side for me. Well, for the video, you're going to have to go to the opposite side so for it to work. Here? Mm-hmm. Go all the way up to the... Go back a little bit. Back a little bit. Stop. Just an inch or two forward. Give me a pucker. Mm-hmm. There it is. Guys, that's a reason to watch the YouTube video right there. Steven and I just Frenched. Yeah. Let me get a tongue. Look closer. Oh, yeah, slimy. All right, where else can they find us? Is that it? Did you say it? That's all the places. That's it. We're not anywhere else. Uh, Wherever you you listen to podcasts, wherever you're listening right now, we're there. Let us know if you think we need to add in a man to the mix so we can have a little more masculinity. Yeah. Steven, get us out of here, please. Uh, from inside the time void. Sorry, I interrupted you. From inside Janet's void, perhaps? Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> you said, what? <laughs> <laughs> I heard was, oi! <laughs> no, say the thing that I'm thinking. Know what I'm thinking and just say it. From inside Janet's void. Black Lives Matter. I'm Zach Janet. I'm Steven Janet. <laughs> we love you very much. Have a good week. Bye-bye. Bye.